Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Hey! The DBN Network. Browns fans talking to Browns fans. What makes a man? Is it the power in his hands? His quest for glory. Give it all you got to, to fight to the top so we can know your story. Now you're a man, a man, man, man. Now you're a man, a man, a man, a man, a man, man, man. You are now a man, you're a man. Now you're a man. What's up, party people? How are you doing? Welcome to another episode of Manly by Nature here on the DBN Network. I am Manly and Loving It, a.k.a. The Razor's Edge. Yeah. That's probably (laughs) the douchiest nickname that somebody could give themselves. I don't even know what that means. Anyway, I hope your week has been great. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the mentality of being a Browns fan this week. That is going to be my Browns discussion for the week before I get into, I don't know, Lyft or farts or something. Um, being a Browns fan, to me, there is this from, you know, from, uh, not from the outside looking in because I am a Browns fan, but I'm as um some there are browns fans that aren't from ohio you know that didn't grow up in the cleveland area or the you know ohio area there are browns fans that grew up in like me born and raised in alabama or there's people like zoltan fourth who is from hungary 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 right nah, who cares and there's people that are you know from Argentina, Australia, all over the place that are Browns fans. And I wonder it I wonder about the mentality of being a Browns fan if you're in Cleveland or from Cleveland versus being a Browns fan that isn't in their minds like an Ohio person or a Cleveland person. And and the reason I say that is because I feel like there's this duality, is that the right word, to being a Browns fan like a, quote, as some douchebag Browns fans would say, a true Browns fan, and that, like, you can only be a true Browns fan if you're from Cleveland, because only they can understand. I mean, that's the whole mentality, right? Only they can understand what it's like to blah, blah, blah. Shut the fuck up. Browns, there's a certain percentage of Browns fans... And it seems like it is primarily that I have seen with Browns fans that are from Ohio or Cleveland that have this duality of, you know, it's a classic Browns fan mentality. That's what makes Browns fans so great, right, is that we are steadfast in our belief in that our team may never get it together, but we're going to support them anyway. That is kind of you know and or they'll get it together eventually but i may or may not be alive at this point that's pretty much the two either we're never gonna get it together but but my pride won't let me root for somebody else or we'll get it together maybe i'll be a grandfather maybe i'll be dead maybe my grandkids will be dead who knows and i don't have a problem with that (laughs) i don't have a problem with that mentality I think uh, considering obvi- considering the Browns' legacy, the Browns' history, especially over the past 20 years, 
it would make you know it makes complete sense to have that mentality and that is part of what i think endears browns fans not just it's not you know not just what browns gives browns fans a sense of pride in themselves but it also i feel gives it's one of the things uh that makes browns fans endearing to other people is that a lot of cities have you know fair weather fans and cleveland doesn't however i do think that along with that comes a sort of you could say like persecution complex among some browns fans too where they kind of want to have it both ways they want to be able to be like woe is me my team sucks my team always sucks my team's always gonna suck because they're you know they can't get it together it's so hard being me as a browns fan it's it's such a burden being you know a cleveland fan you know that that's where the difference is is you know not only do browns suck obviously <laughs> but there's this like it's so hard like it's not fair to us cleveland people and it's maybe it's not fair but you know what nobody gives a shit that you're a browns fan you give a shit when i'm in my daily life when somebody gets in the car and they ask me about the nfl and i'm like oh hey, who's your team or they ask me who's my team i don't really ask them but they ask me who's your team oh the browns and they're like oh i'm a jets fan i'm a patriots fan i'm a cardinal i don't give a shit right i mean you're just like oh okay cool nobody can it doesn't define your like there's this idea amongst like cleveland browns fans and, and the people that like root more for the cleveland than the browns in some cases and i believe me i like cleveland i went there last year i enjoyed it. i'm not shitting on cleveland at all but there is a mentality of uh, because i'm from cleveland and i root for the browns i'm a better fan than you are as a Patriots fan or as a Chargers fan or as a Browns fan that grew up in say New York City and they are you know are right outside New York and they've never lived in Ohio but maybe their you know their grandfather was from Cleveland so that's why they're a Browns fan or whatever. There's this you know there's this mentality of well you know, well, you grew up in a place where you got your city got to experience. You know, the Yankees win championships, the Giants won a Super Bowl, etc. So you don't know what it's like to be a Cleveland Browns fan. You only know what it's like to be a Browns fan. So yeah, basically, all I'm really saying is that Browns fans are awesome. The, the I mean, that's a big part of why I've I've followed this team is because of the fan base. I mean, obviously, I started following the Browns in 2012. It hasn't been because of our stellar record during that time span. But there's also something of a uh, of a pussy ass mentality, uh, which I think is complete weak sauce, com- complete pussydom. And this isn't about gender or sex. This is just about being a walking vagina, and anybody can be a walking vagina. And that being a Cleveland Browns fan, especially if you're from Cleveland, and some people would say, you know, even if you're not, I'm not trying to make this all about being from Cleveland, but that being a Browns fan entitles you to more respect than if you're a Packers fan or whatever. And, you know, at the end of the day, like I was saying, nobody cares who your team is. It's it's just football. It's just the NFL. I love the NFL. I I mean, I, you know, I haven't been following it over the last year. So yeah, you could say like, well, you're not a real fan because you took a year off or whatever. But I've followed football my entire. I went to an SEC football school. I mean, I followed football. I grew up in Alabama, which is like the football. I mean, besides, you know, Texas and and Florida. I mean, who? What what other state would you really? Oh, Ohio. Shut up. No, it's not. <laughs> What other state would you say? You know, it's like the the epicenter of football in America. It's Alabama, Texas, Florida, and then maybe Ohio and Michigan. <laughs> um, I've been following football my entire life. I I understand as well as anybody does what football means, what sports means. You know, to a, to a geographic location. To the people, to to the culture of the area. I'm not saying it's not important, but what I'm saying is, who you're a fan of does not 
make you a badass tough guy who is able to root through thick and thin blah blah what makes you a badass is being a fucking badass do you understand if you don't know what I'm saying we'll step up to the razor's edge and I'll show you And also, I would say a lot of this, or people may say this, this isn't really a valid argument anymore because of the Cavaliers winning. But, and that's true to an extent. I do. It has changed the mentality somewhat. But I do. I still think that there is this uh, that you know Browns fans, as a coping mechanism, need to hold on. To to this like we're the Cleveland Browns we're you know we're Cleveland we're the underdogs and it's so it's it's like um well yeah the Cavaliers won but we're this is a Browns town and you know the Indians just lost in the World Series the Browns will suck like Cavaliers won yeah but I mean it, that's great and now we can say we're champions but it's like they still want to have it both ways on that it's like yeah we we're champions now but. Like, but fuck, I mean, we're, it's a Browns town. That's what would really mean the most. And I get that doesn't make, I get that. I'm not saying it doesn't, but I'm I'm saying, what I'm saying is that I think a lot of my discussion is still, is still a valid, uh, critique because even though the Cavaliers did win a (coughs) bullshit championship, no, I'm kidding. Kyrie Irving was amazing. Um, in that series, uh, even though they did win a championship, uh, there is still like this, the Cleveland Browns, the Browns mean so much in Cleveland and until they get their shit together, like there's still going to be, I feel like a sense of like, we're, we're not, we're not really back on the right track until the Browns are back on the right track. You know, as a, as a as a city, as a sports city, you know, not as a city. I mean, I, Cleveland is I like Cleveland, but as a, as a, as a sports city, I think there. And tell me if I'm wrong, but I think that there. I think there's validity to the to the observation that it's the, a feeling of Cleveland. We still get to hold on to our, we're the person, like, as far as for those people that are all, like, about, like, the, the, holding on to this entitlement of, like, I deserve, like, respect as this great fan because I'm a Cleveland fan and I grew up in Cleveland and, and the Browns have always sucked, but I'm still there, blah, blah, blah. They, I think among those are still a mentality or a, uh, you know, belief that until, the Browns, uh, you know, are, are what they once were. That Cle- Cleveland, as a sports city, still uh, allows me to hold on to my entitlement of being a whiny bitch about about my oh, it's so hard on me. I deserve so much praise for being such a, a tough little cookie. trying to speak more slowly this week can you tell but yeah i'm just messing with you (laughs) i'm not crapping on not crapping on browns fans and saying that you're all whiny or anything like that i'm just making conversation just trying to get some wheels turning making you think a little and yet, there's also, I feel like, with the Browns, I mean, it's with most things, right? It's kind of the whole, like, I always think of it as the uh, the dad paradigm. I just made that up. In the sense of, I can say my dad's an idiot, but you can't say my dad's an idiot. You know, like, I can be sitting around talking to my friend or my... Uh, or my girlfriend, or my rabbi, if I 
was Jewish, which I'm not. I'm a Gentile. But I could, I can be sitting around and being like, not that I don't talk shit about my dad. I love my dad. My dad's awesome. But I'm just saying, I can sit around and be like, man, my dad, you know, my dad does this. My dad does that. Like, God, my dad, like, pisses me off. But, like, if you're, like, or there, like, whoever I'm talking to is like, yeah, your dad, man, he does suck. Fuck him. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't talk about my dad. <laughs> you know? And I feel like with the Browns, it's kind of, there's kind of that thing, too, of, like, Oh, we're so terrible. You know, it sucks so much. And we're so bad. And we need to, like, get rid of Hugh. And we need to get rid of Petten. We need to get rid of Chubb. We need to get rid of blah, 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 blah. You know, Banner and et cetera. And this sucks. This sucks. Our record's bad. But then you're like, and then you're like, yeah, they do suck. Like, we're like the worst team in the league. And then it's just like, no, 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 we're not the worst. Like, it doesn't matter how bad our record is. Like, they, people, Browns fans, a lot of Browns fans will still justify that. Like, we're, they will never admit that, like, we're the worst. Um, or they're just completely, like, blow the whole thing up. Like, we're the worst thing ever. Um, and, I don't know. I've kind of ran out of steam, as I usually do. I think I'm going to go to sleep. Well, I haven't been able to fall asleep yet. <laughs> hours and hours later. I don't know what the hell's wrong with me. I've got insomnia lately or something. But, you know, it's also worth pointing out that I'm talking specifically... for Well, not specifically, but by and large, there's a good uh, saying... By and large, I'm speaking about dogs by nature uh, fans. Um, that those are the Browns fans that I choose to interact with. Now that that's a higher level of Browns fan, even though they're still, you know, I mean, there's going to be morons everywhere. Um, I won't name any names, but we all know who they are. Did I pause long enough for you to think about who it is? Okay. Now, when you're talking about, like, going to, like, the Dogs by Nature Facebook page and, like, <laughs> looking at, like, comments from just, like, random people on Facebook about the brands, that is a different level of idiot. Like, mouth-breathing, knuckle-dragging, grew up on Franken-beans and paint chips, fans comments or not I don't know about I don't know if you can call them fans half of it is just seemingly people that have no interest in football just dropping by to comment on something they're just like yeah the fuck them fuck everything fuck you it's like what it, a lot of it reads honestly like um like it's like fans of like the Ravens or Steelers or some team that hates the Browns like doing like a parody of like shit like what they think of as like shit Browns fans and or like if the if the Steelers were like bad say for like four years in a row like if they were legitimately bad then I'm sure their fans would would literally turn into like the worst like half of their fans would turn into like the bottom like four percent of Browns fans you know what I mean that are the true the true knuckle dragging idiots that'd be like 50 percent of Steelers fans if not more but yeah some of the man it's like you don't appreciate like just a normal discourse <laughs> you know, I say like a pre, you know, I say be respectful, but good God, you should be respectful. But at the same time, we, we can't pretend like there's not idiots in the world. And idiots usually are the ones banging the table the loudest. Like me, look, right, right I'm putting out a podcast. So I'm like, listen to me. So it goes without saying, I'm probably one of the biggest culprits of being an idiot. But, um, yeah, I mean, on at least on dogs by nature, like, you can have a reasonable tedious discussion <laughs> or you can read a reasonable tedious discussion. you know it's going to be the same shit that you've read you know the last what 327 weeks straight on there or whatever but at least like it's it's halfway intelligent human beings discussing it 
you know, if you go other places on the internet or, you know, talk to certain people about things, it's just, it's just, it's just painful. So, yeah, if you're listening to this, share it with uh, your uh, friends on Facebook and let them know that I think that they're they're probably a paint chip eating fucking backwoods. This is coming from the guy from Alabama. Backwoods, Elmer's glue drinking dickheads. Can you tell? Oh, God. I'm like delirious. I'm so tired. So it's, um, the next, hang on, I'm on the, I shouldn't be recording while I'm driving, but whatever. I'm almost home. Um, you know, the thing I I wanted to say that I've been thinking about today is that I was, uh, because I haven't been able to watch any of the games, I am, I signed up for a free trial for the NFL Game Pass. So I'm going to try to watch all the games as fast as possible before the free trial ends so I don't have to pay for it. Um, you know, Browns fans and just fans in general, but I'm speaking about the Browns right now, obviously. Um, and I mean, I guess this is specifically about Browns fans because it's about our team. But, you know, just, you know, I'm shitting on like Facebook people and DBN people. I mean, I guess I'm praising DBN folks a little bit, but just such whiny, demanding, petulant babies, right? Like, the Browns have been bad for a long time. We blow it up every two, one to two years, get a new front office, a new head coach, new quarterback knew this knew that new defensive coordinator every year whatever and yet you would think that we have been Super Bowl contenders for the last 40 years the way that if things aren't immediately showing that things are the answer the Browns fans just are like blow it all up let's start all over again every fucking year I like children I mean Hugh Jackson He's 1-23 and 23 at this point. I'm not saying the man has clearly earned um, job security. What I'm saying is that, you know, Kaiser, I've started watching some games. I've watched about three games all the way through now and a little bit on the All-22. And, you know, it is... Granted, I haven't watched all the games of what I've watched, which is nearly half the season at this point. Um, there's nothing that you could say, or you're 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 reaching very hard, reaching very reaching. You're overreaching. How would you? Can you reach hard? I don't know, but you're reaching really hard. <laughs> if you're if you're saying one way or the other that after you know three games into the season, four games into the season, seven eight games in the season, you can say that. You know, Kaiser is the answer or isn't the answer, or that you know, a season and a half into you know his coaching career here with a whole new strategy for drafting all this new front office, new you know, big turnover of the roster, et cetera, et cetera, blah blah blah. That like Hugh Jackson is definitely needs to be fired, and that we definitely need to get a new. Um, you know, GM or, or whatever. I mean, it's just like, it's just stop acting so damn entitled to success. We suck. We've sucked for a long time. You think, you know, you, th- you would think people would be like, you know, let's, one way or the other would, would be like understanding of the fact that it, it's not going to be an immediate fix. And whether good or bad, it's going to take a little time and you can't just jump on what I'm saying, it, not, it may not take, you know, there's turnarounds that happen quickly and, and garbage fires that have dumpster fires. I like garbage fire. Dumpster fires that, that, that are obvious quickly, like Johnny Manziel. But in general, it's going to take, what I mean, good or bad, it's going to take a little time to get a picture of what something really is. It takes a little bit of time for a quarterback to 
even reach the point where you can see if he's going to succeed or not. And four games, seven games, eight games into his rookie year is definitely not that point that you can see if he's going to succeed or not succeed. I mean, how many examples are there of guys that were, you know, had success and it was sustained, had success early and it was sustained versus guys that had success early and they ended up leveling off and ultimately not being a long-term solution? And how many times have there been guys that, you know, didn't succeed early? Peyton Manning and... and uh, other people that I can't think of off the top of my head because I'm at a red light <laughs> that you know look like garbage their first year or, or or at least through you know way more interceptions and touchdowns were were making bad decisions and then they matured and became very good players I mean there's you know there's always like the Aaron Rodgers who was like pretty much good as soon as he started and I mean not that he was just good as soon as he started but he's pretty much been near his prime or he's pretty much been you know at his top level the entire time he's been a starter but he also did not you know play for several years which oh god forbid somebody not play their first year so we can see you know like that's what i'm talking about like god forbid we not have players and coaches and everything like the first year we'd be able to tell for sure if we need to get rid of them or not like we need to know right now we're getting them right now really we've sucked forever why do we need to know right now it's great to see progress. It's great to see... It's great to know something's not going to work and that you can move on. It's great to know something is going to work. But you can't always know immediately. And you're just quit being such whiny babies about it. Alright? Nut the fuck up! So yeah, that's my goal this week is... You know, to give you fans a little talking to Manly by Nature style. So that you can then tell me to shut the fuck up. It's fun. But you know I'm right. You need to grow a pair and nut up. Alright? And, you know, the thing that really is irritating to me is that, like I said, it's not just about fans that want to blow the whole thing up. I understand being disheartened <laughs> and pessimistic and blah 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 I understand that I understand wanting to be optimistic I understand what is frustrating for me or disappointing let's not say frustrating disappointing to me is is this proclivity did I use that word correctly to want to really just it's really just about the the fan wanting to be smug and condescending about their opinion you know whether it's that the that the the bad fans need to or the the not the bad fans but you know what i mean the fans that are are saying like let's get rid of hugh jackson already and let's get rid of kaiser like whatever happens we gotta draft somebody else whatever happens we need to we need to fire sashi sashi whatever his name is and then you, or if you're the people that are like, you know, we got to wait five years, 10, you know, we got to wait 10 years to see how the, before you can really judge how the quarterback is going to be or whatever. Like, you know, and I really think, you know, this applies to so many things in our culture these days. And I really, I think a big part of it is like the internet age. Like, I think that is the result of the internet age is like the constant um, need for validation so that you can be smug, you know, that is what everything revolves around, because back in the day, you know, in like, in 1992, if you were talking sports, and you disagreed, you would kind of have, you would reach a point, right, where you would be like, all right, well, you think that, I think this, um, well, I guess, I don't know, we'll have to, we'll have to see, I mean, I, I think this quarterback, you know, I think Peyton Manning, like, there's no Peyton Manning back then, but, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think John Elway did this in his rookie year, but I can't really remember, like, I'd have to look it up, whatever, and you can't really look it up, but now, like, it's, people care more about, like, having their opinion and then being able to come back and be like, you're wrong, uh, even though, like, people, they just want to argue their point, or, or they want to just put their point across and have other people know that what their fucking opinion is, 
and yet nobody cares about anybody else's opinion right nobody ever for the most part it's so rare that people actually have their opinions changed in in uh you know arguments because especially nowadays because you know you can always find arguments to back up your point of view you know i mean there's entire you know the entire political landscape is, is pretty much centered around that at this point in our in our society is that you know whichever political thing you fall on or whatever you just surround yourself only with things that like agree with you you know via facebook or your the news outlet that you watch or whatever and then you know you only you only uh you know if you if you are like it's like that's why like if you're talking about football or or politics or whatever it's like there's you can't even <laughs> you can't even have discussions with people that disagree with you at this point like if they're if they're like a strong like normal people right like you can be a normal person and be like all right i'm a republican like oh i'm a democrat and if you're like a, a normal person in the sense of you don't pay super close attention to politics on a day-to-day basis then you know you can you can disagree on stuff and kind of talk and talk about it to an extent because you're 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 it's not that you're not informed i i don't you don't have to know every like it's impossible like you're never going to be informed enough to know that you're right about things right there's always going to be so much more you don't know than there is what you do know it's great to be informed. you should strive to be informed whether we're talking about sports your own healthcare benefits at your job before you pick a healthcare provider you know whether uh, or an insurance provider whether you're talking about who you're going to vote for or which credit card you're going to go with whatever it is you know you should be as informed as possible but you're never going to know everything you're, there's always going to be a lot more you don't know than what you do know so you can never you're never going to if you ever feel like you know that you're right about your political beliefs or your you know which cereal you think is the best <laughs> whatever like you're an idiot because there's so much more you don't know than what you do know but if if you're not somebody that is uh, you know obsessed with politics then you know you can have discussions because some people that are obsessed with it they they get so they're so wrapped up in the minutia of arguments because that's how they you know look at everything and also they're so so only consuming information that like supports their beliefs that they can't even talk to somebody that has an opposing belief about things because they they don't even they can't even mentally consider the fact that this other person could be right because they're like how could this person ever think you know that they're so wrapped up into their theories that they know right they know that obama did this or trump did that or the clintons did this or you know bob dole did that <laughs> does anybody care what bob dole did but that you know they, they, if you were like oh well i i liked this president or i like they, they can't even fathom how you, you could have that opinion because they are so convinced of themselves of you know their own personal bullshit or at least they look down like oh this poor person who thinks this look at them they're just they don't know and it's the same thing with sports they're so wrapped up in their opinions and, and being um, able to hold things over the heads of other people that you really can't even at this point half the time have fruitful like in not even for, in just enjoyable discuss like everything becomes the same petty bullshit and yeah we can do better folks we can do better and we must if anything, for the children, for the next generation of Browns fans. It's all about leaving behind a respectable legacy. (sighs) And you may think, oh, Manly, you are a condescending, smug prick. And to that I would say, look, I'm a prick. And I'm an idiot. I'm wrong a lot. But one thing I try to never be is smug. And if you ever see things that I'm saying, or if you ever read something that I write and you think I'm being smug, you're probably misinterpreting it because I'm probably either just being a prick 
<laughs> which you can be a prick and not you can you can be a prick and not be smug but you can't be smug and not be a prick um like i'm probably either trying to make my i'm probably either trying to entertain myself which can make you an asshole if you're entertaining yourself at the expense of others but it's not necessarily being smug or I'm trying to make you laugh, or I'm trying to make somebody else around laugh at your expense, which is also an asshole thing to do. But I'm, I, I try to never be condescending, and because I realize I'm an idiot, and I realize that even I feel like I'm a relatively intelligent human being on the scale of like people in this world. But that is such like I'm, I'm pretty sure dolphins are at least three times as smart as humans. And pigs are probably, which is crazy because we eat pigs like all day long, and they're they're probably like not that far behind us. I I can guarantee you that chimpanzees and gorillas are nearly as smart as we are. And there's, I I can guarantee you this too that you know people, you know people that are dumber than the smartest fucking gorillas. All right, without a doubt. Anyway, but so many idiots. And smart people. There are smart people that are morons <laughs> that you know are smug and condescending um, with the information age. Of, well, actually, the I looked this up on www.fuckyourface.com. Um, oh yeah, here's here's an example. You could you could find tweets. <laughs> Doing, I'll do a little character. I saw today that lowly Browns thought they could win a game against the Vikings. Sad. You know, I was talking the other day. I was I was lucky enough to join Mr. Easy Weave on his show, or I guess not on his show. We just called it the midseason review. And we were discussing many a topics. I would suggest listening to that. If you uh, th- this is your first time listening to Manly by Nature, I have not been able to watch the Browns for the past uh, season, so uh, Mr. Easy Weave sat me down and explained to me what's been going on, so thank you for that, and one of the things we were talking about was benching Kaiser, and how once you bench a player, you, you know, you once you bench your quarterback, you cannot walk it back, which I disagree with and and it's a very um it's a very common held belief I find that people think like you know and, and I'm not saying the argument does not make sense it does make sense in that if uh, if you are you know going with a quarterback cuz a quarterback is the most important position on the field you, and there's so much to process with that so much that get, you know he he's the the linchpin of the offense, etc. Everything has to go through him. So if you've been preparing for the last, you know, four months for a guy to be your starter, and then, you know, he's he's the one that's been running the offense, and now you t- you t- take him out and you put somebody else in, you're you're interrupting that whole flow. But I think people make too much of a deal of a person getting benched temporarily, especially you know somebody's a rookie they're playing sometimes you have to coach guys and sometimes part of coaching them is sitting them down it's it's sometimes it's not sitting them down sometimes it's letting them play through things sometimes it's uh it is sitting them down and the thing is as a from a player standpoint I don't I don't know why I just said from a player standpoint because I'm not a football player but from from my from my perspective as somebody that played sports a lot growing up and when I was a little older, um, you know, when you play poorly, like you get benched sometimes, and that doesn't the whole like the way the the fans view it and the way the media will view it, and like oh this is you know what are we gonna you know how can they walk this back? It's you know you've been preparing this whole off season for this guy, and now that when you're actually on the team and like a guy is playing poorly and a guy and the coach is like all right we're taking you out for a little while and sitting you down and we're gonna let this other guy play a little bit it's just part of the game like you're just as a player you're just like oh okay yeah he's been shitty for a little while like let's uh let's let him sit and think about how shitty he's been you know put him on timeout for a minute and then and then next game you know maybe you sit him for a game or he starts the next whatever i don't think it's that big of a deal i think guys 
you know, when you're actually playing, when you're on a team and you're playing, and guys get benched, it's it's just part of being on a team. It's part of being an athlete. Is that you know, you get benched sometimes, unless you're, you know, Joe Thomas. You don't bench Joe Thomas. You don't bench Joe Thomas, and you don't put baby in a corner. All right, people. But yeah, I just wanted to touch on that. I I just I understand that it can be. I can understand the frustration of of you know the quarterback being benched, and you, and you want this rookie guy. You want to see if he's the guy. Let him let him play through the year. You know, if he stinks, let him play. Let him learn from his mistakes. But I would say, you know, the flip side of that coin is that part of learning from your mistakes sometimes is that you may get sat down for a game or you may get sat down for a half or whatever. And, all right, this week you're going you're gonna to watch this other guy prepare. Or you're going you're gonna to watch the film. You're going to watch this other guy do the job that you should be doing. You're going to hold this clipboard. You're going to make him a damn sandwich. And you're going to shut your fucking mouth, you piece of shit. Do better. And then, you know, a few days later, you're like, all right, good job with that sandwich, man. Good job. But you, you cut it crosswise. You know, you didn't cut, you cut it and not in half, but actually crosswise. It helps hold the meat in better, the tomato and the, the bacon. So good job on that because you have learned how to properly be a bitch and you have sat there in your shitness for the week. And we're going to now put you back in and see if you keep making the same dumbass mistakes. And that's just part of it. And then you go forward and you see what he does. To me, that is just as, as, that's just as legitimate a approach as, you know, just, oh, let's, let's just let him, let's just let him suck and see what happens. I mean, we can't, you know, we can't sit a guy for a week because, oh my God, the whole team will be like, what, daddy, what's going on? Daddy, what, what, are you mad at us, daddy? Why are you giving us this new guy? I mean, it's just, they're football players, man. Shut up. They're football players. They can deal with it for a week. Can you hear the rain outside? It's raining now. I can't stand the rain My window I can't stand the rain I didn't like that song back in the day, but I like it now. I like a lot of nine, like early 90s through mid-90s hip-hop was like way better than I appreciated at the time. You go back and listen to the first Redman album. It is the shit. Redman, underappreciated. You go back and listen to obviously Tupac, Biggie, but I mean, you listen to some of that stuff like, like go go if you have Spotify or YouTube, Google uh, or Google if you have YouTube, Google this. Search for uh, "Ain't No Half Stepping" by Big Daddy Kane. Tell me that ain't badass, man. I mean, that's from like the late '80s, but yeah, oh man, up through. I mean, everything, all that up through. Uh, you know, a tribe called a tribe called Quest. Uh, some De La Soul, some uh, you, all the way up to you know Outcast. Outcast is like my favorite hip hop group. I mean, come on, you know, listen to old Wu Tang first. Wu Tang, some you know ODB. Better have my money. Um, that's good stuff. It's really good. Like, listen to even if you're like I don't like rap music. It's just noise, which is stupid because. It doesn't, nobody says like a spoken word album is just noise. People are like, oh, he had a, he had a spoken word album. That's so, that's so esoteric, esoteric. But you know, you have a rap album. They're like, oh, it's just noise. If there's, if there was no rapping over it, you would, wouldn't say it's not music. It's a beat. You can, you can, you can do it. You can bang on, on a freaking trash can to some kind of a rhythm. And it's technically music. I can hum in this music. Anyway, I just went through the pharmacy, and uh, they—I was picking up this prescription. It was for sixty tablets, and they were like, uh, "Let me let me check on this." And they come back, and they were like, "Um, we only have fifty-nine tablets. We double-checked. We have fifty-nine. Like, what are the odds that they have out of some random drug that I come to get filled? Some random prescription. I mean, I know what the, it's not like. I didn't know it was on the prescription. I'm just not telling you because it's none of your business. Um." 
they're like, we only, what are the odds? They only, they just have 59 out of 60 in stock. And so I told her, I was like, well, if you want, you can just throw a random pill in there. Just whatever. Just, you know, make it even. You can throw in some diabetes medication and Advil. I don't really care. She didn't, uh, she didn't think that was funny. She didn't, she didn't get the, she didn't uh, appreciate my humor on that. So anyway, check out, yeah, check out some hip, some 90s, early 90s hip hop if you haven't. It's good stuff, man. I'll give you some more recommendations later. I am so unbelievably pissed off. Unbelievably pissed. If you can't tell, there was a little pause just there between what I was talking about being at the pharmacy. And now there was a little pause because I had stopped recording for a little bit because I had to go pick up a passenger. Oh, how fortuitous that I start doing the DBN network again right in time to tell you about Lyft right when I have the worst experience I've had so far like you know apparently it's my fault for bringing it up it's just fate because I needed to have a stupid anecdote for this or something I so easy we've I'm sure you're going to listen to this before you post it you you may want to get your bleeps ready because there's no way for me to hold them back on this I am unbelievably pissed off. So I got a citation just now. Um, Let me explain what happened and why it was bullshit. So I pick up a passenger about 30 miles from the airport. They're going to the airport to pick up someone, uh, and they're going to pick the person up, and then we're going to drop them off like right down the street from the airport. So it's a normal thing. You go you get, you know, lift requests for the airport, no big deal. So we drive over there. It takes, you know, a while get to the airport, pull up, and she's like, all right, the person is at Terminal 4, so you need to pull up there to the sign that says the airline, and, the, and she's supposed to be waiting there. So we pull around, and we get to the to the right terminal and the right gate or, or the right, you know, airline sign. So I pull over. The lady doesn't see her, so she gets out of the car, because out of the car, walks over to the sidewalk and calls her and is like, you know, trying to see where she is. And apparently this uh, deputy, uh, sheriff deputy office or whatever, uh, came to her and said something about needing to move. I don't know. I, I didn't hear it. I didn't even know he was talking to her because I'm in the car, you know, 15 feet away sitting here in the in the driver's seat. And she comes back to the in, to the car and she starts to get in. She's like, oh, and she's like, she t- says something to the the deputy. Like, hey, I just need to put this bag in my trunk real quick. And he's, she goes to put it in the trunk. And he's like, oh, well, if you don't, you know, you got to move. I don't know. I, I, did, I honestly did not hear any of this because he doesn't come talk to me. He doesn't say anything to me. He, he's talk, saying whatever he said to her. I, I don't know. So she gets in the car. And she's like, okay, uh, we need to move. So can, we, can you move up there? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So I move away from where we're sitting. And I pull up and pull around to an empty spot, like in the passenger loading zone. I mean, I'm right where all the other cars are, and I pull over and put it in park, and he starts, like, walking over with his, he, and, you know, I don't want to say well, for a fact it was because of this, but typically, if somebody is kind of, you know, shorter and, like, stocky, and they had this, they had this way about them, the way they walk and the way they hold themselves, that, like, they had this Napoleon complex, I think you all know what I'm talking about, the short man syndrome. And so he's walking over and he takes out his little notebook thing and he's, and he, and as he's getting closer, he says like, I rolled my window down at this point. Cause I'm like, what is he doing? And he says like, all right, I'm writing you a citation. And you know, the other day I said that I have a temper, like I'm usually, I'm usually it take, I don't lose my temper very often. So I have a temper, but it's very rare that you see it. Like I have been with my girlfriend now for over six months. She's never seen me in person lose my temper. I don't lose my temper very often. I, like, get out of the car, and I I immediately am, like, at a 10. And I'm like, what do you think you're doing? And he's like, I'm writing you a citation. And I'm like, for what? And he's like, he, he, like, doesn't say anything. He just, like, starts to write it. And I'm like, I'm like, excuse me, what the f*** are you writing me a citation for? And he's he doesn't say anything. I'm like, are you f***ing retarded? 
what, I'm asking you a question. What are you writing? And he's like, sir, you need to step back. I'm not that close to him. He's like, sir, you need to step back. You need to step back. And I'm like, no, I'm not going anywhere. You tell me why you're writing me a citation. And he's like, well, you, you can't be parked here. And I'm like, okay, did you tell me that? And he's like, I, I, I said it. And I'm like, did, no, I didn't, I didn't ask if you said it. You could have said it to... To, to the wall I'm asking if you said anything to me and he refuses to answer me and so I lose my mind on him and I start cursing him out up and down I mean I'm mad and so he gets on his little thingy and he's like oh we need uh, we need somebody down here so I'm like good I'm like get your supervisor and I'm like I'm not moving until I talk to your supervisor so supervisor comes down and he's like you know what's the, what's the issue and I'm like well this gentleman here is writing me a citation for not for uh you know parking here and this is like a passenger loading zone and the guy's like well you're you're a lift driver i'm like yeah and he's like well lift is supposed to be in the uh commercial zone and i'm like i'm like okay where does it say that is there a sign saying that and he's like well i mean it, it should tell you that in your app and i'm like well it doesn't it didn't tell me that in the app it told me the destination is here to pick up the passenger i'm like so don't give me that that is a cop-out like you can't give me a ticket without telling me i'm doing something wrong like you didn't tell me i need i'm like why would i sit here and get a ticket I, I have no reason to get a ticket like i'm making money from driving this passenger around if you give me a citation that's taking like that's twice three times what i'm gonna get from the freaking ride uh and they just refuse, of course, you know, you can't, once you are starting, right, you, you know, God forbid you say, well, you're right, like, I didn't tell you, but so you know, for the future, you know, you can't park here, you, you know, you need to park over there, or whatever, check with, check with your website, or check the, the airport website, whatever, but you know, that's all you had, he had to say was, oh, well, when I said, did you tell me, did you say a single word to me about me needing to move, he could have just said, no, you're right, I didn't, I'm, uh, you know, but for the future, you should. And instead, the, he, you know, he just keeps writing the thing, and the supervisor is like, "Well, let me let me educate you, you know, live." And I was like, "I don't need you to fucking educate me about a single thing. I need you to correct this situation right now." And he just they refuse to do anything. And so I'm still sitting there arguing with him. And another cop car pulls up, and this guy puts on his lights and gets out of the car. And then he, he goes and stands behind the other two, and he's just like looking at me, but like holding his nose. You know how people like they have that like I'm a cop stance, and they stand there with their hands on their belt, and they kind of hold their nose up a little bit and look at you. And I'm just like, can I help you with something? <laughs> like losing my mind at him. And he's no, I'm just here to see. And I'm just like, what? What are you here for? And I like go. Th I tell him like you know that they're giving me a citation without explaining it to me and that that is unacceptable it's incompetent it's unethical and it, and it's just a piece of shit move and of course the guy he just goes because i might take i won't take the citation he doesn't even try to offer it to me well I, w I wasn't gonna take it from him anyway and he goes and just like sticks it on my windshield and like walks off and they basically just you know so i gotta send in this Thing, you know, uh, the amount charged or the fines indicated above must be paid, or you must contest the charge within 10 working days, Monday through Friday. So I'm definitely contesting this because let me know in the comments what you think about this situation. Now, I, I've not fabricated a single thing about this story. The, the the passenger she gave me, you know, her name and phone number, and so that I could give her a call if I needed to for any reason about this because she. You know, agreed it's complete bullshit. I mean, if anything, I'm not saying it's her fault necessarily, but if anything, she should get a citation or whatever. Like, he told her to move. He didn't, she was not in the car when he told me, uh, told her. He did not tell me anything. He tells her some, you know, something. I can only, I, I can only um, speculate on what he told her. You know, he may have said you have to move. He may not have said you can't, you can't move up here anywhere. You got to go to a commercial zone where he, I don't know. Did he say that to her? I have no idea because he didn't talk to me. He starts writing me a ticket. And this whole thing occurred over the course of a hundred, like two minutes or less because the lady had it on her phone where she called to see where her friend was. Cause I pull up, I put it in park. She immediately gets out of the car cause she doesn't see her and calls. And then she has the thing on the, on her thing when the guy starts walking up because she called the thing and said, this guy's writing us a ticket, whatever. The whole thing, two minutes or less. So, what, you know, why would that guy not just say, sir, you, you can't park here. I need you to move. I told your passenger, but now I'm telling you, you have to move. If you don't move, I'll, I'm going to write you a citation. Do you think it is correct and proper and ethical that he wrote me a citation 
for being improperly parked based on information that was not lit. It wasn't that I parked somewhere that I, that I couldn't park because of normal rules. It, according to him, it's because that I'm a lift vehicle and I'm supposed to be in the commercial loading zone, but that is not listed anywhere. So there's no sign saying lift, you know, or, or like rideshare here or Uber here or no, what you know, no whatever cabs in this area nothing and if you ever go to an airport there are cabs lyft drivers uber they pick people up all day long at wherever the person is because that's how lyft and uber works you get the location for where they are and you go pick them up so i'm unbelievably pissed and it ruins it pisses me off even more because it's not that late in the day and i'm i'm going to be out all day today and all day tomorrow doing lyft and now i'm in the worst mood imaginable that's it that's all i got maybe i sound whiny but i just you know it seemed like it maybe would be something worth listening to for me to just lose my mind re re uh recounting recalling retelling the the bullshit just fucking bullshit all he had to do was say sir you need to move i would move you know i'm not I'm not anti-authority or whatever. I'm not trying to make a statement about where I can park. I don't give a shit. I'm a Lyft driver. You tell me where to go, I go there. I don't care. I'm just picking people up. All he had to do was say, sir, you can't park here. You got to move. But no, to, to write somebody a ticket without telling them that they're, you know, parked illegally or whatever. And then for when they say, what are you writing me a ticket for? Like, you have to tell me what you're, you know, you have to tell me that there's a problem before, and then for them to just completely refuse to speak to me and to then, you know, call back up and then just not say, and just stand there with the fucking dumbass look on your face because you're too chicken shit to admit that you did something wrong. Ah! <laughs> so mad. Thanks for spending a little time with me this week going over why you need to do better because you're a disappointment you're a disappointment to me it hurts me to say it but it has to be said so you've been listening to manly by nature on the dbn network if you enjoy the dbn network if you enjoy this show if you don't enjoy the show then what the hell's wrong with you if you do enjoy the show go over to the, uh, the SoundCloud page and share this. Click on the little sherry share button. Send it out to Facebook or Twitter or, or Google Plus. Does anybody use Google Plus? Send it out. If uh, you, if you have a Facebook, you can like the DBN Network on Facebook, etc. Um, yeah. If you want to tell me why I am a moron for what I've been saying for the last 30 minutes, you can hit me up on Twitter at Josue Artwork, J-O-S-U-E Artwork, on Instagram at Josue Artwork, and I will talk to you later. You're all wonderful and I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Goodbye. No, you hang up first. No, you hang up first. All right, see you later. Hello, I'm Ashley Carmen. I'm Caitlin Tiffany. We're the hosts of Why'd You Push That Button, the Verge's show about all the choices technology forces us to make. We're back for season three, talking about questions like, why do you delete your tweets? And why do you type in lowercase letters that make you seem like a serial killer? And why are you on an exclusive dating app? You're not that special. We're releasing a new episode every Wednesday, and you can find this anywhere you typically find podcasts, which is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts. So go ahead and subscribe and check us out. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. 
You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.